0: Welcome to the Junkyard Outreach. This is Todd and thanks for joining me as we go through the scriptures and learn what we can to draw close to Jesus. For more episodes and information, check out junkyardoutreach.com. And now, let's dig in. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made verse 11, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And John 1 speaks of the deity of Christ, or in other words, Jesus is God in the flesh. And that's a crucial truth to anyone who believes. It knits the whole Bible together. There are many cameo appearances in the Old Testament where Jesus makes himself known as the character called the angel of the Lord. And there's a fancy word for this. It's called a theophany or a Christophany. It's an appearance of God in human form. And we'll see this in a few minutes. But why is it so important that we believe what is in the scriptures? Well, simply put, our belief is the key that unlocks our natural mind, opening it up to the supernatural reality of God. If anyone says Christians are narrow-minded, they're sadly mistaken because a follower of Jesus has the mind of Christ as Paul he says in 1 Corinthians 2:16 for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him but we have the mind of Christ and sadly i see many professing christians who want nothing to do with the supernatural it's weird it's scary to them but they are ignorant of god and his power and this power is rooted in the fact that the jewish rabbi that walked the paths of israel 2000 years ago and claimed to be god was actually telling the truth and we have bits of his life documented in the first four books of the New Testament, commonly referred to as the Gospels, meaning the good news. Let's take a look at the Gospels for a moment. There are four authors, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And each gospel is their perspective on the earthly life and ministry of Jesus. The first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they cover a lot of the same stories and focus on Jesus' ministry in that area of Galilee. The fourth, however, is different. The Gospel of John primarily covers the ministry of Jesus in Jerusalem. And John was likely the last gospel written and records the relative facts that the first three did not. And the four gospels, they emphasize a different portrayal of Jesus. For example, Matthew, he wrote, with the Jewish reader in mind. And you look at the first couple of chapters, you see all these references to Old Testament passages connecting Jesus as the Messiah of the Old Testament. Mark, he portrays Jesus more as a servant. And Luke was written mainly for Gentiles or non-Jews, with an emphasis of Jesus, his humanity, or him as a man in mind. But John portrays Jesus as God in the flesh. For example, in John 8, Jesus is once again toe-to-toe with the religious leaders who are really bent out of shape after Jesus tells them that their father is the devil. This is the religious elite, and Jesus is like, yeah, you're of your father, the devil. That didn't go well, and this argument is recorded where Jesus is rightfully criticizing the Pharisees' self-righteousness and shallow faith, and it says in verse 48 of John chapter 8, the Jews answered him, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? In other words, they're insulting him. Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he's the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. but I do know him and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you're not 50 years old and you've seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. Boom. those words rocked these people's world. Let's break that down a little bit. Abraham was a man that God ministered to back in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, very crucial character in the scriptures. Genesis 18.1, it says, And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. And he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men, now two of these are identified later as angels, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth. You go down to Genesis 18, verse 6. And Abraham went quickly into the tent to Sarah and said, Quick, three seahs of fine flour, knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf tender and good and gave it to a young man who prepared it quickly. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. So the Lord appeared to Abraham with two other men who are angels. Abraham sees them, he feeds them, he has a conversation with them. God and two angels appearing as men speaking and eating. So they were manifesting themselves in human form. The Lord and two others identified as angels in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, which follows this conversation. So when Jesus tells the Pharisees, Before Abraham was, I am. He's claiming to have existed before Abraham. And using the phrase, I am, he claims to be the character in the Old Testament we know as the angel of the Lord. And that goes back to Exodus 3, 2, when God was speaking to Moses. And it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And he said, this is the Lord speaking, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, this is obviously after he spoke with Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Abraham had a son, Isaac, and Isaac had a son, Jacob. And Jacob's descendants became the nation of Israel. Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. And then down in verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say to this people of Israel, I am has sent you. Jesus is using the same name that the angel of the Lord, who's God, identified himself to Moses as, connecting Jesus to the Old Testament in many different stories throughout Israel's history. So back in John, when Jesus tells them, before Abraham was, I am, it says they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the table. Why they pick up stones? Because Jesus is declaring himself to be God. In John ten thirty, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, It's not for a good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. So Jesus claims that he's God, and that rattled a lot of cages in his day. And it still does. People don't believe it. People have demoted Jesus just to another holy man, another religious figure. Knowing Jesus is knowing God. And we know God and we're confident in our relationship if we obey him. In First John 2, 3, it says, And by this we know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commandments, not referring to the 10 commandments of the law of Moses, rather instruction in the New Testament given by Jesus, such as you love your neighbors as yourself and pray for your enemies, all those things that he said, yeah, you do those things. Now, you know, because those things are really hard to do and only possible to truly do them by the power of the Holy Spirit. If the power of the Holy Spirit is in you, then you know the Lord. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk the same way in which he walked. So a life in Christ is a connection with God himself, the creator of all things. If you're connected, you get it. If you're not connected by God through faith, it'll seem foolish. Because like Paul said in First Corinthians, The natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit for their foolishness to him. And we got to realize that in this world, there's a lot of people that look at believers and just roll their eyes. They think we're crazy. And that's fine. They've been thinking that since day one. But when you know Jesus, when you have had that change in your character by the Holy Spirit who's making you new, you know, hey, there's something real to this. And as you dig into the scriptures and you realize, you know, Jesus is God. He is the one who created the heavens and the earth. And as Paul says in Colossians 1.15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn or the preeminent one of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. That includes us. We were created by him and we were created for him. We are children of God through faith. That's the way he designed it. That's why he gave humans a spirit, so we can connect with God, because he loves us, and we glorify him when we obey him, and then it all begins to make sense. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, Since then we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, but we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Trust in Jesus and be blessed. Thank you.